What's up, everybody? It is Dan and Joseph. We are here with 4D. It's been a couple weeks uh, since we've both been in the same place at the same time. How you doing? Good, man. Good. Good to be back with you. Good to record another podcast with you. Like you said, it's been a few weeks. So uh, now everybody uh, gets to hear both of our voices at the same time again. I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll let them reserve judgment for that. Um, so this is 4D for those who uh, are just tuning in. Of course, it's Dallas draft and doomsday defense. Um, so we talked, we, we, we messaged back and forth and we were talking about what we were going to talk about today. And, you know, one of the, one of the first things I, I had put something out, um, an article out uh, earlier this week about usage. And I thought that would be a really interesting topic because it's not something that a lot of people talk about right so i thought that would be a, a kind of an interesting thing but before we get to that i'm going to flip it a little bit and, and we're going to go to cole beasley right mm. um because apparently that topic is still going on even though it should probably just die in the vine it's out of control it, it's absolutely out of control but there are some rules um for covid vaccinations and it made me think, like, is this could, if it's going to affect the Cowboys, like, realistically, like, where do you see that happening, right? And look, it, we can talk about whether it's a political thing, a religious thing, or whatever. But realistically, you know, that we need to hope that that doesn't hit, let's say, our cornerback position, right, or our safety position positions that are super thin like how are you feeling about this because we you know Cole right now is all the news mm -hmm. but it's going to come time where we're going to find out whether or not everybody's getting these these vaccinations and it's a thing it's a real thing and um I think people are going to be shocked when it comes out on how many players around the league not just the Cowboys but around the league are not getting their vaccine. And um, I don't know why, because athletes are superstitious. We all know this. Um, but like, I mean, there's different reasons. I mean, we have tons of athletes who come out with their opinions on things all the time and, you know, kind of scratch your head about them. Um, but I think people are going to be shocked on how many players don't get the vaccine. And I believe there's team rules. I don't remember what the team, but this is, this is uh, the rules that just came out where the code restrictions for players, but there are also team rules to where like, if you don't meet a certain percentage for your entire team, like you're on stricter rules. And if I'm reading out the, the, the tea leaves, so to speak correctly, it doesn't look like the Cowboys are going to hit that mark from just the way Mike McCarthy's talking and the way some people are reporting, the Cowboys aren't going to hit that percentage. So there's going to be a pretty good percentage of Pete players on the Cowboys that don't have their vaccine. That are going to have to um, follow these, these, these strict, really strict guidelines. So um, you're right. It's going to be interesting and it's going to be interesting to see what players, what positions, you know, like, and how it will affect the season. I just, I don't know how much it will affect the season, but like it's going to have some impact. And I wonder if it'll affect the, those players, those individual players mentally. That's, that's what I'm more worried about is how it will affect them mentally. Well, and chemistry wise. Yeah, like, that's true. Be, right. Like, like we're already seeing this, this separation on Cole Beasley, right? 
Like we're seeing team mm-hmm. players already starting to kind of like split themselves in half. Like not a lot of them, but there are some out there that have been verbal about it. Well, I, like, is that going to be a chemistry issue? It, it 100% is because just let's just go through some of these things um, that uh, non-vaccinated players have to do. Um, they have to be tested daily. Um, they have to wear masks when they're traveling and in the facility. Um, and they have to self uh, quarantine following exposure. These are all like basic things. These don't really have a big impact, but then you get lower on the list and some of these will, they are required. They can't be in a weight room with more than 15 people at one time. They must socially distance during meals. They're not allowed to eat with their teammates. They are not permitted to use the steam room or sauna room. They have to stay in the hotel for meals. They can't eat at restaurants and they can't eat, interact with non-team members during travel. Like it's going to be a segregation between the teams. If your whole team is not vaccinated, you're going to have people who are segregated from your team. Yeah. And, and that's kind of, it's, that's the question here that, you know, I was, I was curious about because, you know, we're all, we're all kind of railing on coal. but look, you don't have to agree or disagree, but the point of the matter is, is that, it's out there. And this is something that's going to probably happen, right? Mm -hmm. Like just because he's the first to make a comment doesn't mean that there isn't going to be more, right? We're all making fun of it now. Like people are like, Oh, he just needs to whatever, whatever, whatever. Well, hold up a second. Like hold up a second. You know what I mean? Like there are people that are far less vocal than Cole Beasley who are feeling the exact same way that he is yes, and they're not going to do it. And I, like I said, I think your people are going to be surprised with how many people don't get it. Like, they, I mean, people have been giving Sam Donald a hard time because he won't say whether he's getting vaccinated or vaccinated or not. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be a lot of players around the league, even some big name players who probably don't get vaccinated. I'm telling you, prepare yourself. And yeah. it, it, it's, it might shock some people. But it's going to be interesting because you have some units that are like built on cohesion, like the offensive line. What if like two of the offensive linemen decide don't get it? You know right. how close offensive linemen are. Like they do everything together. Um, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, what does it mean for a quarterback and maybe the wide receivers? Or, I mean, it's just it. we're – we're we're in the early stages and Mm -hmm. so i kind of wanted to get your opinion what you felt on it because it's not something we we as a whole are really thinking about just yet but maybe we should be you know maybe this is where that topic starts is through this so yeah i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of you know i have my own points of view i'm sure you do yeah you know but man like look regardless what your point of view is the nfl obviously has a point of view and you work for the nfl and the nfl is it's like anything else you can believe whatever you want but just understand that there are you know consequences good and bad to your action right yeah and that's what the nfl is basically saying now yeah my 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 train of thought is that anybody and everybody should be able to have their own opinion on it and they should be able to make their own choices on it individuals if they want to get vaccinated or if they don't want to get get vaccinated but guess what i also believe that the nfl as a business has the right to make their choice on what they want to instruct if you want to play for us you want to work for us you have to follow these rules just like any other business so 
if NFL wants to set these rules, I might personally not agree with them. It doesn't matter. This is the NFL, and I, I support the NFL's right to do it. Yep. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out over this, especially as training camp starts approaching, because that's when we're going to start hearing it, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're only a month out. It's going to start here shortly, very shortly. And I think I, I, re- I read somebody, I don't remember who said it, but basically like all these players are saying they're not, oh, I'm not going to say if I'm getting vaccinated or not, it's personal, which is personal. I'm fine with that. It's going to come out in the next month. We're going to, we're going to say, oh, this, you know, um, this guy is socially distancing. He's not allowed to eat meals. He's not allowed to work out. He has a mask on all the time. Yep. It's, it's going to be pretty obvious pretty soon. And, and their media presence, like what they're allowed to do and not allowed to do with fans. Mm-hmm. Like there's a whole bunch of rules to this. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I kind of wanted to go over that first just because I was kind of hoping the Cole Beasley thing would die by this point, but it has not. So let's just hit the hot topic right off the bat. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Let, let's talk actual football here. You know, mm-hmm. not just, not just this, this thing kind of floating out there. Um, so the, the first thing is Earlier this week, I put out an article about run pass usage, right? And one of the stats I pulled out of there was in 2020, there were 13 teams above 60% pass over run. 2019 had 14. So, you you know, last year was also a weird year. So let's just say the last full year with, you know, preseason and all that stuff. Um, 2019 had 14 teams that went over 60%. Just a decade ago, there were only seven. And in 2003, which is the earliest I could, I could find, there were only three teams that went over 60% pass over run. Now, some of it I get, right? If you're behind a lot, if you're a bad team, you know, you're probably going to pass more. Like, we all understand that, right? If you're ahead by a lot, you may run more at the end, which evens those numbers out a little bit. But there is a change in the NFL over the last, you know, decade. And then especially over the last 20 years where passing has become more of a thing. So looking at what the Cowboys are, have done, right? So the, just last year, let me pull up my, my handy dandy um, statistical thing here. Um, you know, so just last year, the Cowboys were at a 61.37 um run over a uh, pass over run. Okay. So that means, you know, almost, almost two thirds of the time they were passing over running. Jacksonville was number one at 66.2 Pittsburgh at number two at 65.4 Houston three 63.4. Now the Super Bowl teams, which is what everybody wants to base everything off of Kansas city was at a 62.57 and Tampa Bay was at a 61.78, okay? What do you see as the, the realistic realistic usage of pass overrun by Kellen Moore, McCarthy, Dak, all of those guys? Yeah, um, I'm, a big, I'm a big pass first guy, um, big, big time. So get, get, give me a passing offense. My personal preference is if you get over 65, you're doing great. <laughs> that's just me I, I i it's just so much more efficient to throw the ball than it is to run the ball now i get it you can't just throw the ball every single down like i get it like but just pass predominantly so but i think with mike mccarthy and kellen moore 
you're going to see the Cowboys in the 63 to 64 range, in my honest opinion. It'll be, um, uh, you're going to have some games where you're, you're going to be have shootouts late in the fourth. Um, we all know how, how our, our, our defense probably isn't going to be the best. I'm not saying they're going to be as bad as they were last year, so I hope they won't be as bad as they were last year. But I think you're going to see them in some shootouts where Dak's going to have to they're going to put the ball in Dak's hand. He, he's going to have to go out and try to win this game uh, with his offense and with, um, with the weapons they have. And, and it's our strength now. Like, I get it. We're, we've moved past the Jason Garrett era. Our strength is not the run game anymore, people. It is Dak in the passing game. And it was just laughable, the people last year when Dak went out that said, oh, the Cowboys are going to be better because Dak is doggone because they'll get back to running more. And no, well, first of all, look at our, how bad our offensive line was injured last year. You can't do that. But even with a healthy offensive line, honestly, our strength is passing the ball with the weapons that we have. So I think Moore likes to pass the ball. We know McCarthy likes to pass the ball. So I'm looking at the 63, 64% range of pass first. Yeah, that's kind of where I put us right around that. I, I think I was at the 62 to 63 um, range, you know, somewhere in that 63-ish kind of is that that magic number, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it. Look, you've paid Zeke a lot of money. You've got to make that, I hate to say, it's the way the game works. you got to make that contract worth what you're paying right like throw them, throw them the ball <laughs> well I, i'm just saying like we all know how it works and we also know the belief of people above above mike mccarthy and kellen moore mm-hmm. you know you, you let's be honest jerry's all about scoring but jerry loves his 90s he references it all the time you mm-hmm. know and, and what was the team it was it was a run heavy team but of course that was you know the 90s and it was a different era of football, you know, where the rules weren't necessarily in place to also assist the passing game. You know, corners could be more physical. Safeties could be more physical. Um, you know, linebackers, they're, they weren't being played in space the way they are today. Um, you know, there was just some rules. The way you could attack a quarterback was different. The way you could, you know, just even defensive line on offensive line, there were different things that were you know now now the advantage is on the offense right like they want the nfl wants more points like that's just true what they want right absolutely and so i i think it's gonna be that but it would not surprise me if it's a little lower like i'm not gonna come out if it's 61 percent again and be like what are we doing like why i'll get why they're doing it i may not agree with it but I'll understand what they're, why they're, why it got there. Um, but I agree. I think passing is, is the wave, right? Like it's the thing and who knows, you know, way down in the future, the game may change again as it always has. And we may go back to that. You know, we, we may go back to the run. We may, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, always evolving. Yeah. Yeah. So realistically 63 ish kind of in that ballpark, I think is right. Um, but you know, the, the other side to that is, is, you know, let's say this offense is, is what we think it is. And this defense is better than we think it's going to be, you know, you get later in games and you're up by 20, 17, you're running, like you're just going to run, you know, three straight downs. You're just going to try to grind out the clock and that's going to really throw those, those numbers down. So there is going to be a piece where, Hey, listen, if the Cowboys, 
are what they what people some people want them to be and think they will be that's absolutely a possibility right um i mean tampa bay was a pass heavy team but there's a reason why they were they were also lower than you probably expected that was because there were times where they were up Mm -hmm. and they were just like we're gonna conserve tom brady and just run this clock out so um it it is what it is you know I, i i think uh we'll probably see in the ballpark about 14 or 15 teams this year above 60%. Mm -hmm. I don't see the trend going down at any point, Um, but it'll be, you know, obviously health. There's a whole bunch of things that, you know, could happen here, right? Outliers. But um, realistically, I think above a 60% is, is well uh, above 62% is well within that. And look, if you're at 62%, you're going to probably be in the top 10 of the league in passing or, you know, at least for the most part, um, you know, here I'll run through the top 10. I'll run through the top 12 last year. Okay. Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Houston, Detroit, Kansas city, Chicago, Washington, Philly, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, Dallas. Okay. So you look at that and how many of those quarterbacks were among the top in passing? Almost all of them, right? Almost all of them, right? You know, and Seattle's sitting there at 14 at like a couple points just below 60. Cincinnati was number 13 uh, at 60.48. So there's yeah, they Cincinnati threw a lot though. I don't, I don't know. Would you know their percentage? Because I know the 60.48. Yeah, because Burrow, I remember he was like when he was playing, he was throwing like 60 times a game, and it's just his first couple games in the league. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now. Here, here's an interesting, here, here's where it gets really interesting on the splits though, right? So for instance, Dallas at home through 62.5% of the time away ran 60.22. So they were fairly even, right? But you look at a team like Cincinnati at home, they're only throwing 55% of the time and away they're passing 65% of the time. Um, Seattle, 58 at home, 61 away. So you would think at home you would get away with passing more, but there were some teams that it was flipped. Um, Philadelphia yeah. is another one. You know, a, they actually passed less at home than they did away. Maybe they were just down away. I don't. I mean, just uh, up, just an assumption on my just thinking about it. Yeah, but you would you would just naturally think it would be the other way. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Um, which just really really curious. Um, the bottom team in leagues, just Baltimore, of course. <laughs> yeah, all they do is run. Baltimore, 44.96% of the time, they were passing. So 56 almost almost 56% of the time, 55% of the time, they were running. That's New a, England. That's insane. Yep, New England was 31 at 48.72. And, of course, Tennessee was 30 at 49.72. Those are the only three teams below 50%. Mm. That was it. And so Tennessee had as Derrick Henry. Let's yeah. let's just be very honest, right? Baltimore has Lamar. Mm-hmm. And look, whatever you believe about Lamar, like his strength is with his feet. That, yeah. That's his strength. Yep. And then you had New England, who was an absolute dumpster fire at quarterback. I couldn't throw the ball. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the, I don't think they chose like, Hey, we're going to run. It's just that they, their quarterback can't throw the ball. Right. 
Right. So just really interesting uh, when you go back and look at these numbers, you know, the year prior that the 49ers went to the Super Bowl, they only passed 48% of the time. But again, the quarterback was a little bit of a dumpster fire. Um, look, people love Jimmy G. I do not. I nope, not not a fan at all. But then you go back and look at Kansas City last year and they were, you know, almost 62 percent of the time. Um, so just it's it's interesting to go back and look at these numbers and see where it lies. Look, Dallas, the year prior in 2019, the year when Jason Garrett, 58 percent of the time they were they were passing. So too true to Jason Garrett. He wants that true 50 50 split, right? Like mm -hmm. just what he wants. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting conversation. You know, heck, last year the Giants 58% of the time passed, right? Like just yeah. you can see the offensive coordinators, you can see where it goes, but I don't know. We'll see what the Cowboys do. Yeah, I wouldn't mind running a little bit more in the respect of Dak with some more bootlegs. And I understand some people might be worried about that just because of his injury. Um, I don't, I'm not a person that thinks you can play scared. Um, hopefully, you know, if his ankle's fully healthy and he should be a full go and play. Um, but uh, just be smarter and get down when you know. I mean, the, the tackle he got injured is hard. It's, you know, got tackled from behind. But like, um, just be smarter about how, how you run. But Dak's bootlegs, his legs is such a weapon that, uh, you know, that's that's something that I want Kellen Moore to incorporate incorporate more, especially in the red in the red zone. You know, it's it's interesting when we talk about that. Like, Dak isn't one of the he isn't one of those quarterbacks that when you actually watch him play, he's not a running quarterback. That's like you know everybody was like, oh, his legs. Look, he's not going to take off for a fifty yard sprint down the field. That's not no. yeah. Like that's just not who he is, right? And I find it interesting that that there's a lot of people who are like, oh, he's a, he's a very mobile, you know, kind of I'm like, look, Dak's strength comes on keeping plays alive, not yes. necessarily taking off and running. Um, but it's it's just weird to see the people like there's how many people are out there who are like, oh, yeah, Dak. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, he's not, not he's not a Lamar Jackson or you know, Michael Vick type of player at all. He's not the, like you said, he's not the guy that's going to bust off 20 yard runs and everything. Like, could he, could he every once in a while? Sure. You know, if it's a big hole, but he's not a guy that's out running a lot of people, you know, um, but he's, he is mobile. He can, he can extend plays and he's really good in the red zone um, on those short little runs, like yep. within the 10 yard line. Um, and then like if on third downs, I don't know how many big third downs he's picked up with his legs because, and you know, he can run that, he can get that 10 yards. You know, that's that's where his strength and his legs are. It will also just avoiding the rush and continue. But look at his eyes are downfield. He's not just, hey, I'm tucking the ball and running because yeah. the pocket collapse. He's his eyes are downfield. He's looking to extend a play and make a play with his arm. But he does have that secondary weapon of, hey, I can pick up these eight yards. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's just uh, I, I've seen a couple of people be like, oh, you know, I want him. I want them to run it with him more. And I'm like, no, I don't want them to run with him more. I just want them to be able to use that thread you know more not necessarily actually necessarily always run with him more he's not oh yeah i don't want him running like, right? like i don't want him running like 10 times a game not yeah, at all no, yeah no. um but just the threat of him being able to do it like <laughs> keep teams honest exactly uh, so on the other side of the ball so we, we've we've talked a little bit of offense today so on the other side of the ball there there's a question that that we've kind of been 
a lot of people have been talking about with the, you know, oh, Micah Parsons is going to do X, right? He's going to be a linebacker. He's going to be a, a pass rusher. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. He's going to be, I don't know, he's going to be coach, I, whatever he's going to do, right? <laughs> Realistically, right now, your pass rushers are Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory, right? Like those are your two primary pass rushers. What else do the Cowboys have? I don't know how to answer that. I mean, you have Carlos Watkins, you have Brent Urban, you have Rondell Carter, Dorrance Armstrong, the unknown of Bradley and I, you have, you know, in defensive tackle, you have Osa, Tristan, Tristan Hill, Justin Hamilton, Neville Gallimore, uh, yeah, Bohana, and then you have uh, Faliu, right? So where is this other pass rush coming unless you're blitzing? Yeah, so I can see a little bit more blitzing, uh, Jalen Parsons. Um, you're going to get Parsons on the edge a little bit, it looks like. I don't know how much, but it looks like. But it's mainly going to be your Lawrence and your Gregory. Now, you do have, you know, I, I've heard rumors that they're, that I don't know how well if uh, Armstrong is going to make the team. Um, but we'll, we'll have to wait about that. Anai is there. He's been more effective, but he really hasn't got the snaps to really show anything. Um, we did sign Terrell Basham, uh, but he's not like a huge chief. His highest sack total was last year in 3.5 sacks. That's not like this huge sack guy, you know? Um, so you really don't have it on the inside. A lot of the guys you named are run stoppers, um, but you do have Trishan Hill, who was kind of improving um, last year before his injury. Uh, Neville Gallimore looked good towards the end of the season, his rookie year. So, I mean, you're, I think you can get a little bit of a push. Uh, I just don't know exactly what they're going to provide because it's, it's, we haven't seen it yet. So it's a lot of guesswork, to be honest, outside of, I think Gregory's going to have a huge year, huge year. I think Lawrence is going to have a really good year. Um, outside of that, it's a lot of guesswork. And if you had to ask me, I think Quinn might be blitzing Smith and Parsons a little bit more than we've, we've seen, which is good because I, I think that's, that's something they can do really well um, that we usually don't do or haven't done. So I'm hoping for that, but outside of that, like you, you, you gotta, outside of Lawrence and Gregory, you, you make a great point. Like where else is it going to come from? Cause right now we don't know. It's a lot of guesswork. Yeah. And, and you know, the way they, they addressed the defensive line was great. Like they, they grabbed those big guys who are just going to be like, yeah, guess what? You're just going to have to move me. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, those most of the time, unless you get like the Aaron Donalds of the world, <laughs> right. Or, or when he was super healthy and Dominic and Sue, right. Like you, you, you don't get these guys, like that's not their gig. They are yeah. not the explosive, explosive, crush the line backwards and get to the quarterback or have these amazing moves, you know, on the inside. So to your point, you know, you have kill, you have Gallimore, but you know, that's, they're kind of the, the do it all kind of guys. I, I don't know that they have a true threat outside of Randy and tank, right? Like they're going to have to blitz, but then again, maybe that's why they built the line the way they did. I've heard really, and I'll, I'll be the first person to admit, I really didn't watch a ton of tape on him. 
uh, prior. I can't watch tape on everybody. I'm, I apologize, but I try to watch tape on a lot of people um, coming into the out of college, but um, I didn't watch tape on him, but I've heard a lot, a lot of good, good things about Osa. Like I've heard he, he can make some plays. Um, so maybe he can step up. I don't know, but I don't know if he's better than Gallimore and Hill day one. Like we'll have to see, that's something we'll find out in training camp. But um, yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about him though. Yeah. And you know, the, the thing with, with Osa is they, they may have, He's not the the biggest dude, right? So if you're going to ask him to play a tackle position, he's at, sitting at right around 280. You know, mm. even at a three technique, that's a little on the smaller side. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a defensive end, it's a little bit on the bigger side, unless you go to a three, four, right? And you're asking him. So I don't know. I don't know how they're going to pull it off. You know, so if, if you go look at the linebackers, right? You have Micah, Anthony Hines, Luke Gifford, Jabril Cox, uh, Bernard, Jalen, and LVE, right? Like, really, you know, yeah, Basham, I guess, if you want to call him the outside linebacker, because that was technically his position last year, right? Um, technically. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know what they're how they're going to do it without creating, because that's the thing. Look, we've said this for years. Cowboys fans media pundits whatever you want to call them everybody has been screaming that the cowboys have not got enough pass rush they are not getting to the quarterback right and everybody's hammers on tank hammers on tank hammers on tank look if you have one guy who can truly pass rush and you're the you're not giving him any kind of help at all a team's just going to roll double coverage to him and people are like oh well he's still supposed to make plays Really? Because if you watch, there's a lot of times where he'll get that double team and then they'll chip the running back on him to add a third person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So they're making sure he's the guy who doesn't kill him because nobody else could. And then you're not blitzing. I mean, why do you think it works so many times when Skandrick blitzed? Like people are like, the Cowboys are sending somebody else. Oh, yeah. oh, we didn't expect this at all. <laughs> that's the that's the biggest one of the biggest issues I have is like it's a numbers game a lot of times. And like, Cowboys rush four, and we know that's what they do. Very rarely do they rush that fifth man. And when they do, it usually works because people aren't expecting it, like you said. But like, they usually rush four. Well, they got five offensive linemen and potentially a sixth player in the running back chipping, like you said. Mm-hmm. So it's a numbers game. That I mean, Lawrence gets double teamed constantly, and he's still one of the best if not the best run stopping defensive end in the league. Yep. And he's, you know, he gets tons of pressures. He still has a good pass rush grades. He's still up in the, um, um, among the best in the pass rush run way, run, win rate. But guess what? Like you said, when it's, he's the only one there doing it, it's hard to get the sacks. And that's all that one of the most overrated stats in my opinion, but that's all people care about. Yep. Yeah. Cause all, all a quarterback will do is just, roll away from they'll, they'll, exactly they'll add the the extra chip they'll add the extra man i don't know they need to they need to add a stat that's an assisted sack because i don't know how many times lawrence has beat his guy and forced the quarterback to move up in the pocket or forced the quarterback to run from his side and he's got sacked by somebody else because lawrence forced him to move into the other defender's arms right or that was the play design yeah, and it's almost every time, it's almost every one of our, if you go back and watch it, almost, I would say 90% of the sacks 
is either Lawrence or caused by Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. He'll collapse that side in a way that they weren't expecting, forcing the quarterback to step forward. And that just happens to be at that moment, somebody sitting right there or, you know, somebody finally wins because it extended the play a little bit longer than they wanted. And finally, somebody wins on the other side. And, and go back and watch. And I love Gregory. Like I said, I love Gregory. And I think Gregory's going to have a huge year. But watch how on his plays when he played. He, he didn't play a ton last year. But when he played, he made plays. But watch how many of his big plays he made was Lawrence collapsing the pocket, the quarterback moving up in the pocket, and Gregory doing a spin move and backtracking and tackling the quarterback from behind. Watch. It's a lot. Yeah, you'll be amazed. It, you know, and and I just don't know how how they're looking at. Now, look, there's there's still cuts to happen, and there's still roster churning to happen, and there there's a lot of things to get from here to week one. You know, we I get it, and, and even to you know what is it week six? I think it is um, for the trades, right? So <laughs> there's still a long way to go, but. It's something that, you know, we're all looking at, oh, they're going to use Micah Parsons this way. Oh, they're going to do this. Oh, they're going to do that. But in reality, when you look at it, when you look at it right now, you have to go, look, if if something happens to tank this year, let's just heaven forbid tank goes down. Are you just going to move Parsons to defensive end and say, hey, listen, we need we need you to generate pass rush along with Randy. Or are you just going to like, where is this coming from? Right. And And it's we'll have to watch in, in training camp, but blitzing, this might be the year they, they, like you said, they, this might be the year we go, Hey, it's time to start blitzing. Yeah. If, if, if tanker Lawrence aren't there, I mean, tanker Lawrence, tanker Gregory aren't there. Um, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried about the pass rush because they can't be out there every single play. Um, we're going to see an eye. If Armstrong makes the teams, we're going to see Armstrong. Hopefully we, we won't see Armstrong as much as we did last year because he didn't do anything. But, um, you know, we're, we're going to see, see Basham. We're going to see where there's going to be some kind of rotation. And I am interested um, to see if anybody else can step up when those guys have to take a break, if they have to rest, or um, heaven forbid, one of them gets injured. Mm-hmm. Even, for right? a week. Even for yeah. a Because I, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't see a ton of depth at that position. Yeah. And, and it's not, it's, you know, we all, we all focus so much on the off season this year on defensive tackle and corner and safety and rightfully so, right. Mm-hmm. We, we all focus on some positions and rightfully so, because we were like, we have Randy finally, we, we have tank, like we don't need a defensive end. Well, that's true. You, you don't, but you might like, you, mm-hmm. you know, at, I wish we knew what we had in an eye a little better. Oh um, yeah. You know, I, I like an eye cause he's just a heart guy. He's just a hustle guy. Yeah. He's not the, like the most talented or physically gifted guy, but he's like, I'm going to give you everything I have on every single play. And I just love those kind of guys. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see how they play it. And, and look, when we get to training camp, I, I say it every year, watch training camp, but understand like there, especially when a new defense is being rolled in or a new offense, one side of the ball will always be better than the other early on in, in it. Right. Like, and especially since you're rebuilding this defense almost from the ground up, like don't expect like this offense knows itself. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's gonna roll over this defense early on. So don't oh, yeah. you know don't put a ton of stock into oh man, Dak just threw a 60 yard bomb to to C D. Like, yeah, great, you know, when you're talking about the defense, but like take take it with a grain of salt. Like they they are instilling a whole new defense. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just new players. It's a whole new defense, a whole new defensive scheme, a whole new defensive philosophy. Hopefully they actually have a philosophy and the players actually know what it is this time. Well, and an identity, you know, yeah. everybody talks about identity, you know, and, and look, everybody's, you know, oh, is this a 4-3 or a 3-4? Or, or, in reality, we've talked about it. A lot of teams play 4-2-5s and they play, you know, they, they play all these different alignments now. Mm-hmm. But your base identity is the one thing that your team is like, this is what we do when we have to do it. This is it. This is, we are a four, three defense. And we, you know, this is our identity. We didn't have that at all last year. How many times did people go, well, what is this team? Are, are we a four, yeah. three? are we a four, two? Are we a three, four? Are we a, what is this team? And, and, and that was the players. <laughs> that was the players. Yeah. We, they were like, we don't know, even know what we are. And it was because, they were rolling out each and every play was a new defense essentially mm-hmm. like that's how that's how it was being coached was okay in this situation this is the alignment so we're going to line up this way with these players in these positions and and you have to know this role and that was getting confusing for players you know i mean look we slam on jalen but there's a reason why jalen struggled last year and it wasn't just you know oh he has struggled there was, there was tons uh, of reasons yeah Right. It, but LVE was having them. A lot of players were having them because they were being told you have to make the decision based on alignment with player personnel and you have to make the right choice and the right guess, essentially. That's the one thing that, it, like, we've been, me and you have been critical of these linebackers. Yep. Like, we have 100%. But that's the one thing that me and you have defended. And I've argued with people so much about it. And I don't understand how it's so difficult to understand. Is everybody criticizing? Oh, they went to the wrong hole. He can't read. He can't read the play. You know, he, and I get it. But it's not, these running backs are shifty. They know what to do. So when you got a guy who's pushing our defensive tackle five to 10 yards backwards, and you got LVE or Jalen coming up, and you got like a, I mean, the big play was the Lamar, Lamar Jackson and uh, um, Lamar Jackson and LVE, and then also the one where Jalen went one way and then spun the other way, but yep. they spun the wrong way. Those are the two ones that everybody brings up. And these guys, look at that's not how the defense is supposed to be. That's yep. not how it was designed. It was designed to be a one hole, and he fills that hole. He fills that gap. But the defensive tackles got blown up. And now you you got a choice. I have to guess which way this guy's going to go. And guess what? These running backs are looking at that linebacker too. So when that linebacker indicates, hey, I'm guessing this way, a quick jump cut, and they're going the other way. Yeah, especially when there's two two massive holes. Exactly. It wasn't like he was trying to cut back into traffic. It was, hey, if you're going to this hole, well, guess what? This hole is wide open. I'm just going to take this one. And exactly looking stupid, you know, and, and we were told last year that that there was a lot of, you know, Hey, you roll into the, you roll into the play. And as the play is about to go, you make, you kind of call the play. Like there was a lot of like, Hey player, 
you you get three options and based on what you see you choose which option you're taking like you can't do that like no. <laughs> like that's not you know unless every single player on that team is a seasoned all pro future hall of famer like you can't you know what i mean you you, you just can't so no, yeah that's it's impossible for them to, if you're giving them three options and they got to decide in a split second you're going to have a delay mm-hmm. and if you have a delay in reaction you're going to miss the play yep yep especially when you don't have an identity exactly so on top of it you're like well this isn't even normally what we normally do I can't even say this is the normal play we would choose here because we don't have a normal play we would choose here, right? Like if I see a, you know, an alignment where I have to choose between a gap, B gap, right. Or drop into coverage, let's just say, right. Like if, if I see that you usually train like, okay, you see this alignment, this is what you do. And if this person does X, you do this, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, that's pretty much how that works, right? Oh, if the if the tight end splits out wide, then you move here. If this happens, you move here. And, and you base it off of what you're seeing, right? Like we all, like breaking it down simply, that's what you're looking for, right? Cues. What was happening was, is there wasn't even a base idea of what those cues were. Mm-hmm. So they would be like, hey, here's your three options. Now go. And the team's like, we don't even have an identity. Like we don't even we don't even know the right move depending on the cue. You're just telling us to guess off the cue and yeah, what are we? So yeah, I, mean, the, I don't know. The biggest indicator was what is Sean Lee been praised for his entire career? Oh, his, his ability to, 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 to see the play, to see the play, to read the way play before to know, it happens. way before it happens. That doesn't go away. Sean Lee's physical ability, your physical abilities go away. You get smarter. You understand the game more as you go along. I mean, this is, I mean, this guy didn't get dementia, right? So like his physical abilities went away, but his mental didn't. And go back and watch Sean Lee. He's guessing wrong all the time last year. Yeah. Because you can't do it. The game is too fast. You can't have that many options and choose right. And, and, and especially and, if you don't have an identity. Exactly. Like, that that identity you keep going it, to. Yeah. You're right. Like if you don't have that on top of it to say, this is what we normally, this is my role and this is what we normally do. Now you're asking me to guess. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, and you never saw that for Sean Lee, but Sean Lee, walk, go back and watch. And that's why you say, oh, they're, they're guessing wrong or they don't, they can't read what whole. Well, I mean, yeah, criticize Jalen, criticize LVE for it, but Sean Lee was doing it last year too, which is rare. And that should be a huge red flag to you. Like, huh, maybe it's not 100% on them. Like they have their flaws and we've criticized them. Oh, for sure. But maybe it's not all on them. And and I said that about Jalen this year. I'm like, look, if you allow Jalen to have a hole for his responsibility and come downhill, you're going to see a Mm -hmm. much better Jalen Smith. And Absolutely. I've been very critical of Jalen Smith, and I've been very critical of the linebacker position. But you want to see these guys play, I have for sure said, get them a good defensive line where they don't have to guess. Get them in a role and a position that they don't have to try to make three reads in a second to make a decision. Like, girl, let's not – I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what they're doing, you know? Yeah. So – 
it is what it is. Um, but it was, it's something, you know, when we go back to like this pass rush idea, like, and blitz and, and identity, like this is a topic that's going to go on all the way through training camp, even through the preseason. I would even say probably through the first couple of games of this season. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a topic and it's something we're all going to be, have to watch for. So everybody's going to watch the secondary, but we also need to be watching that, that front seven and how, they, how they generate pass rush. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's time for some fun. So <laughs> one thing we haven't talked about um, that this is, uh, you know, this is the, the Cowboys, the Doomsday Defense, the draft, right? The, the draft. So I wanted to run through a quick, quick mock, just a little idea of potentially what to expect next year or maybe some ways the Cowboys could go next year. Okay, so let me, uh, let me pull this up here. So I ran through a quick one. So how this started, actually, for those who, who don't follow me on Twitter or, you know, look, timelines fly by, right? Um, NFL mock draft database kind of made a joke today. And he was like, man, June sucks for mock drafts, right? Because let's be honest, the college season hasn't happened. The NFL season isn't going on. Te- mm-hmm. We don't see team strengths and weaknesses. We don't like it, you know you keep doing a mock right now is like you know trying to guess the the lottery number not only for tomorrow but for the next 10 years right like you just don't know what it's going to look like at all but let's run through one so you know cowboys for now i use pfn for this just so you all know they have them right at the 19th 20th spot look they're probably going to be lower but for fun, for the for this, let's run through it. So, first round, Bubba Bolden drops. Bubba Bolden is a safety out of Miami. Do you think this would be the year potentially they go safety first round? Probably not. <laughs> but just like I, I want to. I'm all on board, but I just don't like. It just, even with the new defense coordinator and Quinn, it just doesn't seem like they care about the position mm. at all. And it's weird. It's crazy. And like, I, I, I would, I would address it, but I don't know if they would, to be honest. Yeah. I, I you know, he's a player I personally believe is going to be in the top half of the, of the draft this year. Um, I really like him as a player. Uh, but, you know, it's the the other way you could go is maybe like a Charles Cross. Hey, look, guys, listen, I'm going to throw out some names. Some of these names are guys that you're going to start hearing about. Um, hopefully hear about Charles Cross is an offensive tackle at Mississippi State. Absolute beast offensive tackle, right? Offensive tackle is an absolute possibility next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, regardless of what they how Tyron and Lyle look this year, like, there is a true consideration like, Hey, we may need to start looking for that guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot, like I said, look again, there's a lot to go before we even get to this point of what the Cowboys really need, but this was just something to, for fun to kind of talk about it. But look, Bubba Bolden, I was, I look, 
safety, as we know, is probably still going to be an issue, you know, moving forward. You know, mm-hmm. I went with Bubba Bolden. Um, so the next round, uh, I this is kind of where the first topic came on. Well, second top, uh, second topic, third topic on pass rush. Um, I went Tariq Smith, actually edge out of Ohio State in the second round. I like that pick. See, and, and that was kind of where I got where I thought of this this topic of look, the Cowboys are going to need to find more pass rush. They're mm-hmm. going to have to find it. They've they've have some stopgap guys. They have some guys that will probably be moving on next year. You know, even regardless, like they may move on from Jalen, that which leaves another guy who comes downhill and blitzes potentially. So I went to Reek. He might rise. Look, he's he's going to be on a really good Ohio State team. You know how that works when the Ohio State team's good. Guys tend to rise. Uh, any team, you know, like that. But Tariq Smith, um, Edge, what do you, you like it? I do. I do. I, I, I like that pick a lot. Um, like I said, we've talked about the lack of depth there. Um, and then uh, Smith is a good player. Um, my question is, is Smith going to be there at 51 next, by the next year? I know it's early where, where he's called football season. Hasn't started. I, I, I see a good year from Smith this year. Um, mm-hmm. So um, that's one of the guys that I've been looking at. I really like Smith. Um, so that's the guy. I think he's going to have a good enough year to where you're considering him as a first rounder. Yeah, I do too. I, I right now, um, look, and, and I'm just using grades of like yeah. mm-hmm. kind of where they're sitting now on some different things. But you know, if he's there second round, man, I'm I'm picking up a defensive end. And look, defensive end is an absolute something you can never have enough of. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, I, I went Tariq Smith. So. If you go safety, um, I went Darian Kennard, an offensive tackle out of Kentucky. Again, I wanted to focus on that. But if that doesn't happen, what do you think of like Brandon Joseph, the safety out of Northwestern, who, look, Northwestern has a really good defense, right? Like, Yeah, they do. And their safeties perform. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're the kinds of safeties that you want, right? They can – come downhill, they can get into coverage, they can do a little bit of everything. Um, you know, good, solid, solid safety. What, what do you think then at that point, if they don't go safety early? Yeah, I think that's more likely. And 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 that's it. That's a good pick there. Um, so I, th- I think that would probably be the more likely way is a, a, a third round pick or second, like late second round pick or something like that would, would more target the safety for this team that's just the way they think that's the way will mcclay thinks and he's convinced um steven and and jerry of hey that's the way to go yeah yeah and it's i'd love an earlier safety i you know we've said this especially in this passing league as we were talking about in the you know early we were talking about pass run ratios right like we this the trend's going up you know so Mm -hmm. I, i agree with you um i just wish they would put a little more energy and effort into it absolutely so next, I, I went back to the well, a corner. I went to Reed Castro Fields, who I think might also rise a little bit. Uh, Penn State cornerback, a very physical kind of guy, but, you know, has that kind of slot mentality, which, look, you move Joseph to the outside, Brown leaves. Mm-hmm. You're going to need somebody. You Again, corners are one of those positions that you can kind of never have enough of. Thank you, Amy Trask. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ever hear her talk about cornerbacks, she will she will tell you wholeheartedly you can never have enough corners on your team. One hundred percent correct. Yeah. You know, um, 
so wait, what are you thinking of that? Like, so again, Tariq Castro Fields, a corner out of out of Penn State, who's look traditionally had some solid players in defense. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, what are you thinking of a corner at that point? Like, do you go earlier, later? Like, depends on how Joseph pans out. Obviously, yeah, uh, yeah, it depends on uh, a few things how that how, how they work. I think I think you got to start looking at replacements in the slot. I think you got to start looking at guys who can play the slot that are going to replace uh, Brown. We're going to replace uh, Lewis um, because, you know, Lewis is, I mean, Lewis and Brown are just guys yeah. on the football field. And um, so if you can get a good slot guy, like even this year, I'd think about, I'd, I'd look into bringing, uh, still a free agent, by the way, um, Colvin, uh, what, what is his name? Uh, Aaron Colvin. Colvin yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think about, he's a good slot guy. Um, so like, that's, that's my thinking. I don't think we're set at that slot position. So yeah, I'm 100% on board with a slot cornerback. Yeah. So the other name I, I had had was like AJ Hampton, the corner out of Northwestern. Um, again, another Northwestern guy, they just have such a good defense. <laughs> um, next round, you know, I, I kind of went to the, to the wide receiver, you know, like a Zay flowers type name. Um, you know, earlier I had Jahan Dotson. I, I kind of maybe Flowers might work better for what they're looking for long-term if they don't keep Gallup and they move Fahoko. And, you know, do you think they go another wide receiver fifth round-ish kind of? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, kind of where they got Fahoko. Um, I think I, I've said this multiple times on Twitter, like Cowboys fans are constantly bringing up how to keep Gallup, how to keep these big three together. I think Cowboys fans have to, realize that Gallup is most likely gone next year yeah especially if he has a monster year exactly especially if he has another thousand yard you know five plus td season he's definitely gone uh, so I, th- I think we have to make our bed with that and lie and you know realize hey Gallup's probably gone so yeah i'm i'm 100 on board with trying to find these late round receivers that could you know maybe i think fahoko is going to be really good we've talked about that we both we both really like him um but uh yeah I would, I would definitely keep churning, churning the bottom of the, the draft for these late round receivers that can make a difference. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's an interesting, you know, it's weird how it's almost like every year it's like, Oh, another wide receiver, but there's a reason for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, back to the run pass thing, it, there's a reason why the league's going that way. And there's why you see so many wide receivers year after year after year, just get, you know, everywhere in the draft there's just a wide receiver like yeah there's so many wide receivers and they get pushed down like really talented guys get pushed down because there's just so many and there's a couple positions and i think wide receiver is one of them where you kind of just turn the bucket and um on the depth chart and just draft a guy in the late rounds just to see i know a lot of teams do it with quarterbacks Mm -hmm. you know the the cowboys did it with quarterbacks for a long time like we took multiple fourth or fifth round quarterbacks for a few years yep and just seeing, Hey, can we hit another guy late round? You know, we did with Dak. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then, and then I wrapped it up, you know, with, with a defensive tackle. Um, again, I, I still think the Cowboys need to keep, keep adding on that defensive line. I, I went Jalen Hutchins um, out of Texas tech. Um, the backup was, you know, finally, if we never went safety again, you know, maybe Marcel Brooks at a TCU at that point. Um, you know, I, I think, I think the Cowboys are not done necessarily revamping their defense. And what's kind of the, the what I wanted to get at here mm-hmm. was, 
you know, this, we are at 2021 and they're rebuilding this defense, right? But in reality, my thinking is, is 2022 is kind of the year they're going to push hard, right? They're, they might add a free agent here and there. They may do a couple different things that we may not have seen them do in the past because they're going to hope this 2021 class builds, replace some things with free agency, and then pop some depth guys in or that one piece early on in the draft next year that they're like, we needed this. The rest is depth because we now need more depth because we lost a whole bunch of guys or, you know, this is the year we're making this push. So mm-hmm. again, I went a little bit of defensive heavy other than offensive tackle, other than um, wide receiver, which really, and realistically you go, if you have 10 picks, you always get a wide receiver somewhere in there. So let's just be honest. Um, but looking ahead, you know, and look, we don't know the contracts. We don't know a lot of injuries. We don't, we don't know any of this. Offensive tackle is still probably a need, you know, regardless mm-hmm. how you feel about um, ball this year, right? Like, or bell, whatever, um, yeah. you know, just however you feel about that. I still think it's a, it's a need, um, yeah. you know, I, I think, especially if, if he does play, he'll probably be guard. Right now you're talking, you still need an offensive tackle. Even if you move them out to offensive tackle, now you change the conversation potentially to guard. They're going to need an offensive lineman mm-hmm. probably next year at some point. Um, on offense, you know, wide receiver, but, you know, depending on what they do with Zeke, I, I think they probably keep him against what most people want because they love Zeke and Zeke is a really, when he's on and he's dynamic, he's dynamic. Like Yeah, absolutely. In space and he's dynamic, he's dynamic. Like even in the passing game. We've seen him do it, catch a screen and take it 60 yards, you know. Um, what other on offense do you see the Cowboys potentially needing next year, not knowing what will happen this year? Um, potentially tight end, mm-hmm. um, depending on how Jarwin responds. I've talked about it last week on my solo episode, but like um, I really ha- have a big, see a big year from Jarwin, but what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't really pan out the way I think he was? And I think Schultz in a contract year this year, I think. I yep. could be wrong about that, but I think he is. So potentially if Schultz walks and Jarwin's not the guy, you know, that's a position like, okay, we got to go find a tight end, you know. Yeah. So I think on offense, that's that's kind of where besides the positions you said, but uh that's the potential. Yeah, and and on defense, you know, I think safety's still gonna be a need. Look look, whatever you think of like Neil and all these guys, like I still think they're gonna need a safety, especially mm-hmm. a young guy ready to kind of like takeover you're always need corners right you can again they're like wide receivers right even if you have two great starting ones you, you always try to turn that and add a, a corner here and there I, I don't think they'll touch linebacker even if Jalen leaves next year I don't know that they'll touch it they got Jabril they got Parsons you know shoot we haven't even talked about Francis Bernard mm-hmm. you know like they, they have some guys um defensive line Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's definitely a position you got to look at. Um, like we said, we've talked about the lack of depth. You don't know if Gregory, Gregory's on a lot contract year. I just looked it up and Schultz is too. So Schultz is uh, on a contract year, but um, Randy Gregory is too. Um, yep. So you don't know what, what his situation is going to be. Um, so you don't have the depth to replace him. You, there's nobody to replace him right now. Which so that's denied is who you, who you thought he could be. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So that's a huge one. 
that might be number one. If, if Gregory walks, that's number one, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Barring injury or barring something serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Defensive end, you know, could be your biggest need next year, which is odd to say, you know, after going into the draft and looking at it this year and going, oh, we're set at defensive end, like how fast the NFL changes, where in a season you're like, oh man, defensive end could be our biggest need. Yeah. Um, like it's just weird how the, how football works like that. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of wanted to run through a quick one. You know, look, these are just names. These guys are going to climb and fall and, and all sorts of stuff. But I just wanted to run through some quick names, see what you thought, especially about the positions. It isn't so much always about the names as much as it is about position and where they're kind of getting drafted, especially with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, it has been, it has been a fun hour. You know, here we are at the end of the hour. Man, that one flew by. <laughs> A lot easier when you got two people talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, how are you feeling for for what, what what are you thinking over the next thirty days? What are you thinking? Just getting ready, man. I mean, we're about to to hit the season, about to start kicking off and start up a uh, big uptick. You know, um, next almost a month from now, you're gonna you we're gonna they're gonna be heading out to looks like Oxnard. Mm-hmm. and uh i will be there I will, i'm gonna choose a day to go so that's gonna be fun and um it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting because my my boy jarwin is a full go and dak is a full go and we're gonna see dak as a full go for the first time in almost a year so i mean i'm excited i'm yeah. really excited we'll an autograph if you can ha- if you can handle it I'll yeah be, i'll be here i'll be here in dallas doing some work but it's it's hard they don't usually like every time I'm out there, like only a few players ever come yeah. over and, and sign. Joe Looney was one of the guys who did a lot, but now he's not here anymore. They um, need to bring him back. Absolutely. I know. I know. Um, but like um, very few players do. One time Stephen Jones did. <laughs> oh, dude. If you get me one of those, I will burn it in effigy. <laughs> it was funny because he was like, like, you were like, why can't more players come out and he was like oh i'll have a talk to him about that and i was like no you're not <laughs> yeah no you, no no yeah, you're, you're not you're gonna walk in and talk to him about be like can you believe these guys want you out there uh, that's that's the talk he's gonna have yeah exactly um yeah so well i'm gonna go get ready i'm actually gonna watch a movie with my wife tonight we're, we're gonna go see the uh hitman's bodyguard's wife or a hitman's wife's bodyguard um, with Ryan Reynolds. So. Okay. Well, Ryan Reynolds. There you go. That's a good. Yeah. One. Oh, I love Ryan Reynolds. Oh, so. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I got. A, I got. A, I got a Father's Day dinner. I got to go to. I'm doing that tomorrow. I'm doing a, a fancy burger joint. So you know. Yeah. There you go. I think we're doing Korean barbecue. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. You ever had Korean so, barbecue, guys? Go go eat some. Oh, so good. Yeah. Have the bulgogi. You'll love us forever. Yeah. Um. But uh, happy Father's Day to everybody. You too. You too absolutely. Yeah, Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there or, and granddads. Cause, Absolutely. You, know, you, you happen to be a dad, granddad co-host. Just, <laughs> um, but, you know, ha- happy Father's Day to everybody. We will catch you next week. And uh, thank you for listening to this episode of 4D. Bye.